Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S.E. Cooper, and with me today is a person who I don't want to compare to a police person, Megan. I appreciate that. Yeah, We, we might so. have had to have become enemies. <laughs> I know, exactly. Everyone knows that uh, cops are basically just there to protect uh, private property. So, yep. So, but today we are going to be talking about Wraith. Do you have any idea who Wraith is? No, but I do like the Wraith. I mean, that's that's a name that just carries, uh, you know, the promise of coolness that I, I feel like it's not going to be able to live up to. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good costume. I'm digging the purple. We got the the yellow speed lines. We got a good cape. It does that thing. Where it's got like the infinity scarf on the top. We've got we've got just like the full face mask. We've got the yellow gloves, yellow boots. We got them we got them little Batman eyes where it's like I just look I could look angry all the time. I got them it's, Batman eyes. You don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's real good. Um it's a real good costume. Too bad it's uh, on a cop. Mm-hmm. Um so so we have, but his name is Brian DeWolf, and you may remember that DeWolf is the last name of Jean DeWolf, who was was a woman who was fridged. Up, so yeah, just getting worse and worse. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, Brian DeWolf, uh, he was he is a policeman, later vigilante, later adventurer, aka homeless. His name, I mean, he is known to New York City legal and judicial authorities. Um, that's the only people who know his secret identity. Uh, he is a citizen of the United States with no criminal record. Uh, no other alias. A place of birth was unrevealed, but presumably New York City. And he also died in New York City. Um, now, he is single. So if you want. <laughs> Ladies! A, so if you want a 40% <laughs> chance of being beaten because he is a cop. Uh, you could marry him after you like dig him up and revive him and turn him. You know, whatever. He's dead. Uh, but uh, ladies, yeah. But he, his father <laughs> is named Philip. His mother is named Celia, and his sister is named Jean, who is dead, like him. He first showed up in Marvel Team Up issue number forty-eight. In August 1976, a fine night for dying. <clears throat> oh, the 70s. It's a pretty good cover. Um, you have Iron Man doing a, what I'm assuming, a pirouette in the sky with uh, fireworks. I'm joking. He's shot in the back with like a remote control rock um, uh, rocket. But it looks like he's doing a pirouette in the sky and he has fireworks going off. And uh, Spider-Man is swinging with uh, with Captain Gene DeWolf. And um, it's in the New York City skyline. Hang on. Doesn't want to let me go to there. Oh, no. It opened the link like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's going on? Oh, yeah. There we go. There's there's it- all kinds of things happening. None of it is is the Phantom. But, I- yeah, Iron Man looks like he's, like, auditioning. For it's like fame, I'm gonna live forever. 
<laughs> no, yeah, he look he looks like he it looks like he's dancing. Yeah. So I'm gonna say he probably is. Yeah. You I know mean, why not? Um and apparently it is a fine night for dying. Yes. So the the, the blonde lady that Spider Man is saving really seems the only one to be echoing that sentiment. Yeah. Well, you can't tell with Spider-Man. He's wearing his body condom. Yes. Yeah. Lord knows what he's thinking. Yeah, he's, well, I mean, his eyes are squinted, so I think this was the era where his eyes were able to move for his emotions, so I'm gonna say he's alert at this point. Um. Oh, so yeah. this, this is Captain, Police Captain Gene DeWolf. Yeah, the, yeah, this is Gene DeWolf. Ah. Yeah, this was a big old long storyline where they were, uh, like, crime and whatnot uh, was happening. <laughs> crime and whatnot! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went over it in my uh, Gene DeWolf episode, so, you know, if you want to hear more about that. Also, I'm going to be going over in this one, so. Um, but yeah, he did die in Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 278. Um, so, Brian DeWolf was the son of Philip DeWolf, who became police commissioner of New York City, and was raised by Philip after the latter's divorce from Brian's mom, Celia. Um, Celia received uh, the custody of his sister, Jean, because whenever you have a father and mother break up, they take the one with similar genitals. Yeah, to them, that's how you know. it works. That's how it works. Yes. Um, Brian graduated from the New York City Police Academy with the highest grades in his class. He got he got a solid C plus in everything. What? <laughs> so, um, I don't want to I don't want to derail you, uh, Jesse, and also potentially just uh, uh. uh negate the need for this entire episode but this uh first appearance of wraith um this this comic does have a single review on it with two stars and it it says this issue of marvel team up is notable for being the first appearance of police captain gene dewolf and not much else not much happens here. It pretty much just sets up the next issue, which is apparently going to be about a B-rate vi- uh, bleh, a B-rate villain called the Wraith that I don't think anyone cares about. <laughs> I can already tell you, I don't care that much about him because he's just a cop. But also, yeah. I, I think this guy agrees with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I will say that being the highest grade in a police academy pretty much just means you can shoot someone with Without having to change out your clip for a second time. Um, so, so despite their parents' separation, Phillips, uh, DeWolf's hatred for his daughter due to her decision to join the police herself, uh, because Philip was a sexist person who didn't think women were fit for police work. So many, so many layers. <laughs> Brian and, and Brian and Jean DeWolf, like, they loved each other. They're just like, you know what? This is, this is a cool thing. We're both cops. We're both protecting private property. We we get to kill indiscriminately. It's great. I love it. Brian and his partner Tim was trapped by criminals near Manhattan's South Street Seaport. Two cars driven by the criminals knocked over the police car which Brian and Tim was riding, killing Tim. Brian then shot. A bullet lodged into his spine. Learning over the police radio that Brian's police car was under attack, Philip DeWolf 
drove to the scene and found his wounded son. Philip took Brian to the former's home without informing uh, anyone. Hence, the other police, when the other policemen arrived, they did not know what happened to Brian. At his home, Philip discovered that the shooting severed important regions of Brian's nervous system, paralyzing him and rendering him comatose, unwilling to see his son live in such a state. Philip summoned two wealthy men he knew, banker Carl, Carl Bond and landlord Matt, Matt Forster. Why did you call like two of the worst people you could call on? When you said summoned, I thought it was going to go like in a super different direction because like his name is Wraith. I thought you could be like Philip summoned demons. <laughs> that ha- that happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. Exactly. That's why. That's so. that's where I went. But it's like nope. Philip summons boring shit. <laughs> like Ma- Master Pandemonium's whole thing was he was uh, about to die in a car wreck that of that of that went over a cliffside. And uh, he was just like, yo, I'm gonna, I'll do, I'll do anything if someone saves me. And then Mephisto comes out of nowhere and is just like, hey, if you sell me your soul, I'll give you demon arms. And he's just like, cool, I get buff arms? Like, no, you get whole ass demons in your arms. <laughs> Sweet! <laughs> um, and then he becomes Master Pandemonium. And eventually absorbs the soul made up babies of wanda maximoff she she has the she has a hysterical pregnancy where she literally creates two souls out of nothing this sounds vaguely familiar and i yeah. really wish it didn't he gets baby hands he, like he but like when i say baby hands i mean like whole ass babies baby. for hands like <laughs> so i hate comics uh i mean no i when i hear that i love i i love this uh more <laughs> It turns out androids don't have any android spunks to make robot babies. Yeah. And so she's I've, a reality so warper. <laughs> so yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Much to- I would love to have a robot baby. Unfortunately, you know. The economy. I know. So, yeah, but basically he's just like, yo, you're rich. You're the only way that this person could be saved because we have a real crap healthcare system. Uh, <laughs> So, with their help, Brian, uh, Philip had Brian secretly operated on by a surgeon. But Philip fantasized, uh, fantasized doing even more for Brian. He wanted Brian to become a vigilante with superhuman abilities who would battle crime without being restricted by law himself. DeWolf said, He will be a wraith dealing justice from beyond the grave. You know, you could have just, you could have just summoned a demon and have him inhabit. Like uh-huh. Mephisto. Be uh-huh. like, oh, yo, I'll give you my soul, make my son alive, but also, like, you know, make him strong. Yeah. Make him like put a strong him, boy. Put him on a motorcycle, call him a fucking Ghost Rider. You know, you do something. Unknown to DeWolf, Bond and Forster themselves were lawbreakers, and they had agreed to help Philip only so that they would have the police commissioner in their debts. It turns out at some point DeWolf was forced out of his job as police commissioner, apparently by his own superiors. Okay, cool. Um, John DeWolf, or Jean DeWolf, graduated from the police academy and was immediately made an assistant uh, 
detective in charge of investigating the disappearance of Brian DeWolf, which would not happen because she's related to him. But um, it's very specific. They're very yeah. specific about those roles. Yeah, that would absolutely not happen. Yeah. <laughs> Philip DeWolf objected to Jean getting in the position, but to no avail. After two years, however, uh, of no trace of Brian's whereabouts, the case was closed, and the department presumed Brian to be dead. During those two years, Bond and Vorser aided DeWolf in obtaining advanced scientific equipment, which Philip intended to restore uh, Brian's mobility and presumably to endow him with psionic powers. When Bond insisted that Brian use psionic powers on behalf of himself and Vorser, Philip finally realized that Bond and Vorser themselves were criminals. You could have known that because they're a banker. They're a, they're a banker. <laughs> and they're and they're just and like a landlord. And, and they're just doing they're doing shady thing. You contacted them specifically to do shady things. Read the room. Yeah. So, uh, so furious, Philip attacked them. And- they pushed him back onto an apparatus called the vi- Revitalizer. On thus being stuck, the Revitalizer bathed both Philip and the comatose Brian with energy. Bon and Verser uh, fled, presuming Philip to be dead. Now, here's where there's a turn. Like, right here. There's a turn here. Okay? Oh, okay. There's, like, not that much left, but there's a turn that's very particular that I may have more things to say about later. In fact, okay. however, the revitalizer linked the minds of Philip and Brian, so now Philip could control Brian's body, making it walk and move normally, and control Bri- Brian's psionic powers. Philip gave Brian the costume and identity of Wraith and used him to take revenge on Bond and Forcer. What? So his, yeah, his dad was just like, well, I guess I'm gonna use my son as a puppet now. Guess you're my meat puppet now, son. Which is one of the only way this like in this situation is one of the only times you can say that sentence without it being a crime. <laughs> um. So, I well it, without it being one one kind of crime, this yeah. might still qualify as another kind. It might. Uh, the wraith guided by Philip's consciousness succeeded in killing both Boone and Forcer. But the race activity attracted the attention of Jean DeWolf and the crime fighters Iron Man and Spider-Man, all whom clashed with the Wraith. The sorcerer Doctor Strange had ran afoul of Wraith's psionic powers. Finally, Philip tried to have Wraith psionically <laughs> murder I Jean. Just, I just picture Doctor Strange, like, taking a peek in there, like, holding his fingers up, taking a peek, and be like, there's two dudes in there! <laughs> That literally <laughs> happens sometimes. I'm not joking. Like sometimes, like Doctor Trench is like, "What's going? You you have two things in there, don't you?" Yeah. And then, and then, and then, one time, one time when he did that, um, and this is just the beginning of the story. You have to listen to the Headman episode for okay. the rest of it. Okay, but um, they saw that there was a brain inside. They saw that there was a mind inside of a per of. of Nighthawk's brain. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, no. Nighthawk's. Okay, sorry. Let me rephrase. Nighthawk's brain was not in his body, and it was someone else's body. <laughs> I mean, brain. Uh, his brain was just kind of loose, but <laughs> someone else's brain was in Nighthawk's body, 
And and in Nighthawk's body, the brain that wasn't his was one of the headmen's. And Doctor Strange is just like, you're like, you know way more about magic and not nearly as much of a dumbass as you normally is. I'm just going to peek <laughs> around. So what he did was he knocked the brain, I mean, knocked the knocked the mind out of the brain that it belonged to into a baby deer that the Hulk was uh, raising. <laughs> so. Of course. <laughs> that's not even the first part. At one point, another mind gets put into the brain that's, in, that's not Nighthawk's brain in Nighthawk's body. There's just there's too many words. There's too many words. While while Nighthawk is flying with his jetpack, is holding his own brain with the mind of someone else's in the brain of someone else's. While while, No, no, stop saying the word (laughs) you're not allowed to say the words mind or brain. Just stop. Stop saying no no mind or brain. No. Neither uh, neither. <laughs> uh, I love comics so much. The thing is, is as confusing as that, as, as confusing as that sounds, I said it correctly. I don't doubt you did. I just I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. Uh, so, but um, but basically, Philip like wanted to have Wraith like psychically murder Gene, but Spider Man what blinded the way- Wraith with his webbing and. Iron Man placed an Alpha Jammer helmet on Philip, like preventing him from, like you know, reached out of his brain, um, <laughs> Do- doing brain shit. And w- and basically, with that, well, Philip couldn't telepathically control him, so basically, a, a, like a comatose body just kind of fell down on the ground. <laughs> um, he just he just went limp <laughs> while he. And his still comatose son was on trial. Philip could not regain control of the wraith. Well, sorry, not only regain control of the wraith, but projected his own mind into the wraith's body. So Doctor Strange and Iron Man defeated the wraith, and Philip's mind was forced back into his own body. So basically what happened, very briefly, his father's mind was inside of his son's body. And Doctor Strange was like, stop it. (laughs) No. <laughs> Bad. Um, using magic to enable his hands to pass through Brian's bodies harmlessly, Strange removed the bullets from Brian's spine and mystically healed his injuries, restoring Brian's own mind and co- uh, to consciousness at last. The courts found Brian innocent of Wraith's crime, but found Philip guilty of them and sentenced Philip to prison. And then Brian and uh, Gene was joyously re- reunited. Now, the fun fact about that, and this I, I say this, habeas corpus in the uh, Marvel Universe can exist. It can't. <laughs> because if you think about it, technically, it was the Wraith doing it. <laughs> technically. But I guess in this world, you can prove mind control in some instances. You get, I mean, when you have Doctor Strange, you can literally peek in and be like, there's another dude making that, that, that dude do the thing. I, I, <laughs> saw, I saw. There's another man in that man. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not in the biblical sense. <laughs> inside you, there are two men. <laughs> One, your father, one is you. 
<laughs> and I don't mean that in like a metaphorical sense. I mean like your dad's in your brain making you do shit. No, no, no. That still sounds like it could be metaphorical. I mean like literally his dad is in his brain piloting him like a big squishy meat puppet. <laughs> so much later, Brown was in California and the criminal known as Sin Eater murdered Gene DeWolf. Since the Sin Eater himself was a policeman, the grief-stricken Brian irrationally intended to take vengeance on his beloved sister's death on all of the New York City Police Department as Wraith. I'm just going to say I'm pro it. Just do it. You know? <laughs> do it. Just do it. You know? Just do it. Just, just, just do it. You deserve it. You know? <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah. Um, but arriving at a New York City police station in costume to begin his assault, uh, he was he was shot by a scourge. Oh Christ! I for- this is a scourge episode. Oh man, I I wish I had a scourge uh, drop. By the way, the last episode is me covering all thirty-two victims of the scourge, who scourge of the underworld who killed like a bunch of like B to D listers in the eighties ah, as gotcha. a plot device for uh, Captain America. Ah. Um, and this is a scourge episode. <laughs> so basically, scourge uh killed like. Scourge, who was disguised as a police officer, killed an unarmed man, and the, all the police officers were just like, that's what we do, so we're not going to do anything about this, you can just leave. And that's what he did. Bye! Yep. So he's uh, 5'11", weighs 190, has blue hair, I mean blue eyes, blondish, <laughs> reddish blonde hair. Um, He had like normal strength and everything. And he had various psionic powers, like he could take control of the mind of one other person at a time. He can cast illusions in the minds of one or more witnesses at once. Uh, so he can kind of do some Mysterio type stuff, or like, like, oh, this is this seems different than what it actually is. <laughs> he can also mentally induce pain in a victim without causing him or her any actual physical injury, and um. He even, like, affected Spider-Man's mind, so he could shield him from detection by a spidey sense. And, uh, he could levitate matter. And he was also capable of reading the minds. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that's like, yeah. So it's him and, you know, 80 other yeah. fucking villain types. But that's him. That's him. Uh, that's Wraith, and now that's we know. Wraith. Yep. So, and do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts about him before I reveal that he is still dead? <laughs> uh, real daddy's boy. <laughs> well, not, well he is not on purpose, though. <laughs> so he is still dead, but there is a, a little bit of a side stop. Oh. So in Dark Rain. When Norman Osborn took control of the Avengers and and all that stuff, um, the the Hood uh, revived a bunch of the Scourge's victims so they can kill the Punisher. He instead, instead of trying to kill the Punisher, he decided to just kill police officers. Um, <laughs> which I mean, okay. Uh, and so he stalked the night skies, but he was. But he was uh, abruptly interrupted when the uh, when the Punisher shot him in the heart with uh, with an arrow. 
Yeah. Then, he, then he died. Yeah. You, you know what? My my final thought on Wraith. That's a cool costume, and it's really wasted on this like fucking B lister dude. Like, so someone someone else deserves that costume. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. That's it for him. Yeah, yeah, let's do Flux. Well, you know, comic books scare me, and so that's why I do a podcast about classic literature, which is also insane, but in its own way. And I make weird jokes about that instead, and it's called Ono oh Lit Class, and you can find it at onolitclass.com or wherever you do podcasts. Wherever you do podcasts. I don't know yeah. where you, I don't know where you do them. That's your business. And I also do a actual play tabletop thing, whatnot, improvised audio drama mess podcast. It's a beautiful, glorious mess. It's called Rolling Misadventures. I do it with people who are much funnier than me. And that's at rollingmisadventures.com. And in those same places that you do podcasts, those same dark, terrible, private places. My name is Jesse, and I have a podcast that I barely talk about, which is called, uh, at this point, tentatively called Into Riverdale, uh, because we haven't come up with a better name, because it used to be Into the Badlands Rewrites podcast, but now we switch over to Riverdale, and I'm so glad we did. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but, uh, listen, listen to that, uh, by the time this comes out, um, Listen to me break my brain over the fourth episode where they forgot about the murder mystery they introduced three episodes earlier, within a month of them releasing the show ever. Uh, Like, there's, there's like a child predator subplot where like one of the characters just to be like, told the child predator, like up to it, because it's Miss Grundy is having an illicit affair. By the way, she's young and hot. She stole identity and everything. By the way, <laughs> she, they tried their hardest to make her not look the most like one of the most gorgeous people in the room. And all they do is just make her look like gorgeous but like more relatable. Um so but but she's having a uh, illicit a love affair with uh Archie Andrews who got really hot and ripped over the summer. Um Nope, still picturing the comic book characters in my head. No, 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 I'm not joking. Look up who it's, look up who plays Archie Andrews, and you'll also be like, damn, he's also very hot. Um, (laughs) 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 But, but, but Betty, but Betty was basically like, hey, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be having sex with a sophomore in high school, a grown woman, even though they look about the same age, because all of them are like 20 and 30. Um, uh, But, and she was just like, uh, and instead of turning her into the police, like she should have, uh, she just like, why don't you just leave? And uh, within the scene, while Archie was debating that she should stay still and just they should not say anything, um, she was just leaving. And like Archie was just like, but who will have sex with me? And <laughs> basically, in in teenage boys' terms. And but the thing is, like, she just was trying to beeline out of the room and be like, cool, I'm going to the next town. <laughs> cool. I'm just gonna be a serial sex pest. <laughs> it's and that's not even the that's not even the only thing. There's also like a sheriff who's really okay with the, the only openly gay son hooking up with all the closeted other fifteen year old boys in the town. Like, there's so much going on. 
listen to it. It broke my brain. <laughs> I can talk about that one episode for so long. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So into Riverdale. Listen to that one. Yeah, this has been uh, this has been Alphabet Flight and justice is served. Good night. Yeah.